Welcome to the Midlife CEO Podcast, where business coach and strategist Jeannie Spiro teaches you how to take your coaching business to six figures and beyond at Midlife. Join Jeannie and her guests as they reveal their best kept secrets to creating a thriving six or seven figure lifestyle based business. And now, Jeannie Spiro. So hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Midlife CEO Podcast. I am so happy. I always get to have amazing women come onto my show. And today I get to have another lovely woman come on. Her name is Carrie McPherson. And she has been someone I've known for several years. And recently we got together in person and had a really great conversation that I thought should come on to the show. Carrie is someone who talks about finances. And this is so important because in my past life, when I had worked in my former career, I worked for a wealth management firm and I didn't, I wasn't specializing in this, but I understood the importance of preparing for your future and taking care of yourself financially. And this is Carrie's department. Carrie, welcome to the show. I cannot wait for us to dive into this deep conversation today. Thank you so much for having me here today, Jeannie. You're just such an inspiration to myself and to so many other women. And the fact that you are bringing your messages and your audience to life through a podcast is just fantastic. I applaud you for that. Thank you for going on that mission. I so appreciate that. Thank you so much. Well, let me introduce you even a little bit more formally to everyone. So Carrie is uh, Rhode Island born and bred, and she lives in Rhode Island with her husband, her sons, her boxer. Um, you have uh, your father, like you have a, you have a big family unit going on together, I think in one home, right? At this, at this moment. Um, and you're running a business, you're in wealth management, you are, you're doing, uh, you're on committees, you're very actively involved in all sorts of organizations. I don't know how you do it all, but where do you get the energy at this point in your life? Could you, could you talk about that for a moment? Because (laughs) you're an inspiration to me. I honestly couldn't tell you. I my I drive my husband crazy because he gets up every morning at four and then I'll get up and I'm like, okay, so this is what I have to do today. And I go over my schedule and he's like, can we just have some coffee first? Can you slow down? This is just how I wake up. Um, you know, not to say I don't take downtime for sure. We all need, we all need to take those moments. Um, and that's why I love what I do is being able to provide people with that extra downtime by not having to worry so much about what it takes to manage their money and, you know, come up with different strategies to make it work better for them. Because I love personal finance. I've been a personal finance junkie since I was a kid. Um, And so those are the articles that pop up on my feed in the middle of the night when you can't sleep. So that's what I am always focused on is learning more and more about ways to help people with their money learning how to save and how to invest and prepare for for retirement and beyond because you know it's it's a pretty amazing life that we live and i work with people of all ages and so guiding them through the different stages of life is really exciting to me no day is the same <laughs> i love that and you know some of the things that we've talked about in our separate conversations and our private conversations i know that you have um this is really important to you to empower more women to be able to prepare themselves, especially women who, 
at, you know, we, we talked, we've talked a little bit about this women who are doing it alone. Um, they, they are responsible for their family or they're responsible for their business or they're the solo provider. Tell me why that's important to you. Um, and, 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 why we because I think it's important for the this audience to know a little bit about that from from your perspective as well. Yeah, I mean from a personal side, it's always kind of fallen on me to be the caregiver. Um I was a caregiver to my mother as a child. Um you know, I'm not technically a caregiver to my dad, but he is a member of our household and I saw a lot of pitfalls that befell him mainly due to the care of my mother and the cost of that, but that's one of the reasons why, why he lives with us now, and I love having him here, um, but not having those strategies in place for himself, it made it very difficult. <clears throat> so I try to help people so that they aren't in that position because that, it hurts a lot of pride. You know, I speak with a lot of clients um, that are in this similar position, um, but from a professional role, when I got started in finance, I used to support a lot of advisors. It's a great way to learn the business, see how other people run their practices and, and, and therefore so forth. But um, what I would see time and time again, and just as a sidebar, there aren't as many women in the field of finance um, as there are men. So the majority of the people I was supporting happened to be men. Um, and I know plenty of wonderful male advisors and female advisors alike. Um, it's not a gender bias thing, but what I did hear over and over or notice was that the women in the families weren't being included in the conversations. Oh, well, she, she doesn't care about that. She doesn't want to talk about that. Oh, the, the husband takes care of all that. And that just stabbed me in the gut because I thought to myself, because I've always had a really firm grasp on my money and how empowered I felt about knowing exactly where every dollar was and how it was invested and how I was spending, what I was saving and where my debt was. Um, and to have someone in that position that they didn't have a grip, didn't have a grasp, weren't part of that conversation. What about when that member of the family is no longer there to be able to manage the finances? I watched my great grandmother go through that when she lost my great grandfather. But, you know, also I get why some people are uncomfortable talking about money. Money is one of the most personal topics that you can have um, a conversation about. But the more often you talk about something, the more often you, you hear something, I think you get more comfortable with it. Um, and so being included in that conversation is important because it's not gonna happen overnight, but, and it's not something you learn and understand completely overnight, but over time, I am definitely a firm believer that the reinforcement of those ideas and those conversations make it more approachable and make it more um, palatable for people to, to have as part of their vernacular. So, yeah. um, you know, and that has helped me in my practice, I guess, because the majority of my clients happen to be single women, single, powerful mm -hmm. women that, um, you know, just, just need some extra help because finances aren't their forte. Thankfully, it's mine, so um, I'm able to help them on that side of things, which is great. Carrie, I think one of the things is it, it, money. You said this is um, it's uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable conversation for some people, and some people it's like I'm afraid to look at my finances. I'm afraid to look at my future. I'm a I you know, and and we all develop different habits and thoughts and beliefs around money. 
they can come from different places, but you know, sometimes it's like when the money's not there, you're afraid, right? Or when the when there is money, you're you're afraid it's going to go away. And you know, there's and, and then there's some people who are like, oh, I don't want to like prepare for my future because I want to live in the moment. So like, there's all these different philosophies and feelings and emotions tied to money. And um, for you, you you get to probably be in a position where maybe maybe you can talk to this. It's like you put them into an empowerment position, I think more so uh, around decisions around money. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think some people get so frozen and fearful and how do you help them through that? Yeah, I think that's, it's definitely um, something that I do help people with. I take the time, we all come from different backgrounds. We all have different comfort levels. A lot of our relationships with money happen to begin when we're children and how we're um, brought into the family financial discussions. Mm. And I understand and appreciate that a lot of my clients have differing goals. Um, so, you know, I do have plenty of folks that want to live in the moment and that's absolutely fine. And the older I've gotten over the years, I've really started to appreciate wanting to enjoy what you have rather than waiting for the rainy day or waiting for retirement, I say stop waiting, but it is still important to save so that there is something there for the future for if we can't work anymore, even if you have the best job in the world and you love what you do, there could still come a point where we're not able to continue doing that work. And what does that look like? So um, showing people ways as to how to make little changes so that we're saving for the future and the impact of what that growth trajectory can look like. Obviously, there are no guarantees when it comes to investing, um, but I was a history major. I am a student of history. I love to look back at historical returns. Um, they're not indicative of future results, but um, I, I do like to look at the patterns. I am a real dig. I, I dig really deep into the analytics of things, um, sometimes too analytical for some people, but that's <laughs> it's just the way I am. So, um, but yeah, being able to put it out on display, I do a lot of financial planning in coordination with my wealth management. And so the software that I use allows me to be able to show what the, what those small changes today look like and an impact five, 10, 20, 30 years down the road. Um, so being able to visualize that is really helpful for most people. Um, because if you can't see it, then you can't see it in, in your mind. Um, so, and one of the other things that I've been starting to tell people is when you have a financial goal, I have a kind of um, a very weak representation behind me, but I have a vision board. And so, you know, it's something that I started doing a couple of years ago, and it really does help to have something top of mind. If you're focused on something, if you see it every day, the likelihood that you are going to work harder to try to get there and try to make that goal happen is that much stronger. So um, yeah, just helping people visualize and see the changes that they're making can have an impact on their future for both themselves and their loved ones. I'll tell you, I entered the conversation at a really early age with my family and I have such, uh, I have memories, all different memories, but I remember this particular time where when I was working for my father, um, he had a house painting business and, and I remember going to the bank with him and opening up my bank account and opening up a saving, you know, a savings account. And I remember 
that feeling of empowerment around the conversation and the watching my money, like knowing I was doing something with it and putting it in the bank account. And I think I was maybe 14, like I was young, but I, I really remember him knowing that it was important for us to be responsible for money at a young age because we wanted to go to college, because we wanted to do certain things. And and that this goes into a story when I first got my my very first job. And I wasn't making a lot of money at the time, but I was on my own. I was trying to figure out how to do everything on my own. And I got a credit card and I didn't understand it. I didn't understand what I was doing with it. And yet I had all this knowledge about how to save, but I didn't know the impact of my spending or what I was going, like, I just felt like, wow, I have this free card and I can spend. And I didn't really think about all of those things, like what I was putting out and what I was keeping and how to make more profit, which, you know, now as a business owner, I have to think about all of those things. And I had to learn the hard way, like, oh, wait a minute, this is not good debt to have. And I need to think about how I'm saving differently. And and this goes into this conversation because many of the people who are listening are business owners. And we have a lot to think about, like what we have to put money into and how we have to save for our businesses or how we have to put money aside for our future. And how are we making, like it's like a little bit of a level of conversation that goes deeper when we own a business too. And I'd love for you to talk about some of that because I think a lot of people, I can say, because I'm on the side of business where I help my clients make money, they get so focused on, I need to make more money that they sort of don't think about what am I putting out or what am I spending or what am I putting on my credit card or what am I investing in this? I'd love for you to talk about this and how we can empower in this conversation more women about thinking differently about their money as a business owner. Yeah, I mean, you know, growing a business is such it's 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 part of your life force, right? It's your baby and um, you're growing it, you're nurturing it and you're raising it up to be this this beautiful um, being in your life. Um, And as far as with money, with your business, absolutely keeping your personal finances and your business finances separate is, is paramount to being able to track it appropriately, make sure that the expenses are easily, um, you know, trackable and deductible when you come to file your taxes, which where it's knocking up today is actually the tax deadline for a number of um, corporate returns. But um, anyway, so making sure that everything is separate and starting with a really strong foundation, right? Understanding where all your money is coming from and understanding where it goes. And for business owners, it's really important to have two very separate delineations between personal and your business finances. Um, and, you know, having a really strong team to help you with that as well. You know, you want to make sure that you have a, a good business attorney, a business coach that's helping you maximize your business. You want to have a financial advisor that's helping guide you as to what to do with those profits as you make them. Um, you know, and one of my favorite strategies after you save your emergency fund. And if you're a single person, single earner household, you want to try to have up to a year's worth of those expenses tucked aside in something really safe. Um, 
you know, with high high yield savings, uh, CDs, things like that. But then um, beyond that, looking for ways to defer taxation of your hard-earned money and how what's the best way to do that? My opinion is using a retirement plan. There are so many different options. That's one of my specialties to kind of guide people through what option might work best for them during a particular stage of their business, because not every retirement plan is the best fit for every business or business owner. You can save anywhere between $7,000 and $300,000 a year in a retirement plan. Which one is right for you? Depends on what, what the stage is that you're in. Um, but automating your savings is really important. The easier you make it for yourself, the more likely you are to do it. And start yeah. small, start somewhere, start with anything and then build off of that. And make sure as your business grows, you're also growing your own savings as well and not just redeploying every penny back into the business because mm -hmm. that way you have something to rely upon in the future. Because um, I know that for a lot of business owners, putting all their money and their profits back into the business because you know they feel that that's the best way to grow sometimes isn't the best course of action. You wanna definitely reinvest as much in the business as you can but also make sure you're still paying yourself first and saving something on the side. Um, and then also protecting what you've made, what you've earned. Our income is our largest asset. Our future earnings ability is our largest asset. And you know, so many folks don't have access to disability insurance through an employer. Um, that is something that you can get separate coverage for. SSDI is great. It takes a while to qualify for that and it can take up to two years to qualify. So do you have two years worth of living expenses tucked aside? Most people don't. Um, and so making sure you have some level of protection there. We all have, if we own a home, we have homeowner's insurance. So most people think that's their largest asset. It's, it's typically the income depending on your age. So, um, and then, you know, life insurance is another piece of that too. Life insurance can also be an asset for a business owner because that's something that you can use in a transition when you go to sell your business, it protects the, biz the purchasing um, company's interest in your business to make sure during the transition period, if you were to die prematurely, they still have um, a net flow that would be coming into them to help them with the transition process. So um, yeah, it's definitely, and you know, um, There's so much to this conversation. I mean, really, you, I know you can <laughs> really go on and on and on. And, it, and, it's, it, and it's really, it's so nice because in my position, when I'm talking to women about go out and do a really amazing job doing what you love, make money, support the people that you want to make or that you want to help. And then when you're making money, you need to talk to someone about how you're handling your finances and how you're uh, setting yourself up for the future, because I, I think one of the things that I noticed over the course of the last almost 12 years or so that I've had a business, I noticed that we live in the moment of like trying to, you know, get the next client or make the next amount of money or reach the next income goal without necessarily looking at here's what I need to be thinking about for my future. And I love that you get to think about the future. You get to think about like how to help not only like Think about the future, but think about how right now you can also enjoy the finances that you're bringing in and have some money for what you're working hard to have too, right? It's not just about work. It's about enjoying your life, right? So yeah. um, it's, I want to go back to something about empowerment though, um, you know, about 
about, you know, why do you think that a lot of women aren't as prepared in some respects? Is it mostly because we've not necessarily been in these conversations about, like historically, like can can you go back in time a little bit and just tell us more about like, why, are, why aren't most women as comfortable with this? Um, is it because we just haven't been part of the conversation as much? Yeah, I think you hit it on the head. I think that, you know, if we go back and we just go back a generation, women were not primarily breadwinners and they weren't necessarily harbingers of the family's finances. Um, maybe they were in control of the food budget. Um, maybe they handled some of the household expenses, but they weren't necessarily bringing in income. They weren't necessarily being part of the conversation. It's kind of been this paternalistic conversation that's happened over the years. I, I don't know if it's because I was an only child um, and the oldest grandchild, but I was brought into a lot of the financial conversations from a young age, um, you know, looking at just stocks when I was little, you know, looking at blue chip companies. And this is what you do if you want to build wealth. You you buy, you, you buy um, shares of Exxon or whatever. I'm not recommending Exxon stock, but that was one of the ones that my family had. And they would just put a little bit of money in there. And then I watched the, the power of that growth over the years. Um, and, but now more and more women are in control of the family's finances. They're the ones that are bringing in the bread. And, but there, I think the conversation has absolutely started to shift, which I love. I love that investing has been brought mainstream through a lot of the newer um, online platforms that are out there. So a lot of those barriers are being broken, um, but there's also the importance of having like the comfort level of the conversation too, like where to start, because there are so many choices available, so many different options. It can be really overwhelming for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think that's where it is. It's, um, you know, it's like some people are in that, oh, I don't want to look at it, or I'm afraid to have the conversation. And the, uh, like some people don't even know where to start. So that's why it's really helpful to know someone that they can develop a relationship with and that they can trust to have these conversations and you educate a lot of your clients too in the process. And I, I, I always learn something new from you every time I speak with you. Um, you actually have a free gift and I wanna um, put this in the, the link, it'll be in the show notes, but it's called Building Your Financial House. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the importance of building. What do you mean by building your financial house? And what are what what is this gift that you have? So could you talk a little bit more about about that, Carrie? Essentially, it helps walk you through the basics of financial planning. Um, you know how to start with a really strong foundation. That's how any house is built, right? We have to pour the cement and have that foundation. So that's that basic piece where we are able to cover our essentials. Well, most of us don't just want to get by; they want to build off of that. So then you layer on top of that, you know, what's that life look like? How do we want it to look? How do we save for that? Um, so it basically guides you through different ways in order to think about your money, different areas, different topics that maybe you haven't considered. Um, and so I, I encourage everyone to, to go to the link and review what's there so that you can kind of get an idea of what you 
should be thinking about when it comes to your money, because there are so many different topics. We could go on for multiple podcast interviews and go over all the different topics line by line. Um, so just knowing what's out there, knowing what you already have, and then thinking about things that, oh, maybe I, I have never considered that before. Well, maybe I should look into that particular topic um, closer. So that's fantastic. And I think it's really great. It's always so good to have a foundation or a starting point, right? To say, okay, I'm interested in really starting to pay attention to this more, or I might have been like a lot of the clients that I work with, they have had a career before and they started their business. And so they're coming in from probably having in, you know, put money into a 401k before. And now it's like, well, I don't know what to do with it now that I have my own business or other women are making you know, they have a lot more profits because they've been surpassing some of their income goals. And now they're like, I have a lot more money and I don't need to necessarily invest in my business the same way. So all of these conversations are unique. They're individual. And I think it's really helpful to have an expert be able to talk you through what are the best strategies. And you do that all day long. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like breathing. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you love it. So amazing. Oh, thanks. Um, Me too. <laughs> so how can people find out more about you, Carrie? What's the best way? I know you're on Facebook and we're going to include the link below. Um, and can I share more information in the links below the podcast notes so that um, people can get in touch with you as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, obviously online is great. We, I'm on Facebook. I have a LinkedIn. Um, email is a great way to get in touch with me. Um, I put my cell phone out there to the world so that anyone can reach me at any time. Um, I have an Instagram, but it's personal, but you know, anyone's welcome to connect with me there as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, there's, I think email is probably the best way. Um, Great. But I also have a consultation request right online. So someone can kind of shoot me an email with what they want to talk about um, and we can book a time right there. Well, I love that you spend a lot of time talking to women about their finances. And in particular, I have nothing against men in any way, but I just love that because I work with a lot of women who are either facing running their business on their own as a single person or, you know, as the primary bed breadwinner, it happens a lot. Um, I know that these are conversations that they don't always get to have with a partner. And so I really find it amazing that you serve this demographic of individuals. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, because I know, um, you you offer that support to them so it's wonderful yeah yeah it, it's natural for me to do that too I mean I've over the last few years I love education continuing out is one of my favorite things um I received designations in um I became a certified divorce financial analyst back in 2019 um and then during the pandemic I said well um I need something else to do and fill my time. So I got another certification to become a special needs financial consultant. Helping people is what's really most important to me. So helping women guide them through the divorce and looking at the different variations of settlement agreements is really important. Working with families that have special needs children or family members is important. As I mentioned earlier, my mother had mental illness. So I saw the impact of that firsthand, making sure that, you know, we're able to save for the 
their future when we're no longer here, but without disqualifying from certain levels of benefits that can be worth thousands of dollars every year. So um, coming up with different strategies to help everyone, business owners through retirement plan savings and um, other tax deferred vehicles and tax savings, all very important to me. So I love lots of different topics, but those are kind of my main, my three main focuses. Oh, thank you. I love it. And you are just, a, a, you have a depth of knowledge. You're, you have the biggest heart and um, you're just so brilliant at what you do. So I appreciate your time today and taking time with everyone to talk about this important topic. So thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you very much for inviting me today, Jeannie. I look forward to hearing it. <laughs> Yeah, you're welcome, Carrie. Well, thank you to all the listeners here today. Again, this is a conversation I think is really important. While I spend a lot of time talking about how you can make more money in your business, I think it's really important to think about how you're saving your money and how you're investing and how you're taking care of yourself. So I'm really glad to have this conversation and have our special guest on the show. So for those of you who are interested in continuing to grow your business and figure out how to take the complication out of running and growing and monetizing your business, make sure you're following me over at geniespiro.com. And I look forward to seeing all of you on the next episode. Thanks for being here, everyone. Take good care. Thanks for listening to the Midlife CEO Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.